Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, we're just over 24 hours away from the from the big from the from the big game starting it's 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 playoff time boys are buzzing oh there's so there's so many zeds being thrown around and we say zed on this program because we are canadian i'm sure they could tell by the accents probably and also some of our lingo um i don't know if it offends you as much maybe i don't know do you get offended when americans tell you you have an accent i've been doing a little bit of traveling recently and that's what's kind of sparking this is going different places i don't think i have an accent and i I go i hate to break it to you but i never travel but um i could i will say i've never had some or i've had people tell me because i see see, actually finish what you were saying and then i'll tell you what i was going to say it frustrates me because I don't think I have an accent, but whenever we go somewhere, um, that's like the first thing servers or just people in general comment on. They're like, oh, you're you're Canadian. Like, I can tell right away. I'm like, fuck, I guess, <laughs> whatever. Um, so being a hybrid Eastern Westerner, because I, I do have a few of those tendencies, I like I, I, I do have both a little bit of an Eastern accent as well as a Western Canadian accent. So kind of like. It's this weird sort of sleeper cell agent of them too. Um, but the thing the thing is, is that when I talk to people like Taylor or to like other people, people would Taylor would say that you have an accent. My friend, my friend Byron, who you've met, she says he has an accent. Like has like a Saskatchewan accent. My mom has a Saskatchewan accent. Um but then you talk to you talk to her or sorry, you talk to you or you talk to my mom and she would, they would probably say that when Taylor says like her errors, like air, yeah, like yeah. that, they would say yeah. that there is a Eastern Canadian accent coming out. So it's kind of, a, it's kind of similar to like how the States is like how you'd have people from like the very deep South, they, you know, talk like this and then versus like people from fucking, you can, you, know, you can go Boston where they talk like this. Um, or you could go to like New York where they talk like this. So it's you have those different you have those different regional uh, regional yeah, dialects. Yeah, 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 exactly. But no, I would say that I don't necessarily get offended. I'm more so just like, eh, okay, whatever. I just don't want to sound like Tim and Bob and Doug McKenzie oh. or whatever. Like that's what that's what I'm always worried about. But it is kind of it's fun to play up to. I have a funny story one time. Okay. Yes. When we were in Philadelphia, we met uh like a couple at, at a game they were they're from delaware or philly delaware whatever right um but they're laughing at us for having accents because it's me ramus winston and and Svenny g so they're like like you know oh you guys so you guys are so canadian you tell your canadian blah blah blah, blah. so then we started playing it up and the guy's girlfriend was like laughing and you know ha- having a laugh right and a little bit I was of like, banter. yeah, a little bit of banter. And I was like, uh, like, I mean, you're laughing pretty hard at someone who just said, oh, my mom. Like, yeah, that's such a weird accent, too. It's just funny. Accents are cool. You know, you know, you know, it's good stuff. My favorite is the Bostonian. You think you're better than me? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Man, you know what? Speaking of, do you think you're better than me? The the Bruins are better than a lot of other teams at hockey right now. Is that a they segue? Are we going to classify that as a segue? Yeah, we could go into that. 
<laughs> because I think I mean we got a we got a big episode today. Um cats out of the bag if it's not in the title already. This is a playoff preview episode. Uh, so we're going to go over a little bit of Oilers shit, season in review, talk about the last couple of games, um, just kind of as an overview, 50,000 foot overview, as it were, um, discuss, you know, some of the, some of the what's what of the NHL, who did what players stats, little things like that. Uh, and then we're going to move into the meat and potatoes of the episode, which is a, um, series by series breakdown uh, bringing you all the information, all the numbers, all the funny bits, and most importantly, I guess, our picks for the series. So we have, uh, wow, I'm looking, a couple pages, seven pages that we're going to be going seven through. pages worth of shit that we have? Six, I guess. But Oh, okay. Well, so I lied. I just then. straight up lied. <laughs> <laughs> I just lied for no reason. <laughs> you remember when you were a kid and you just lied for no reason? Even if you had like no ulterior motive, you just straight up just lied. It's yeah. like my dad like, drove to Calgary two hours one time. It's like it's an, what? <laughs> like, it's an eight hour drive, kid. Yeah, what <laughs> like are you let's, let's about? relax here. That was like the time that um my dad had a uh, Team Canada jersey with Schumann ninety nine on the back, and I told people that he coached Team Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Just outrageous shit. <laughs> but it was also because um, it was also because he, uh, in quotations, co- like coached his like army buddies when they were in Kosovo because like they played like their own like little tournament and they had little Team Canada jerseys. That's so my sick. dad was the honorary coach. So, so he did I, coach Team Canada. Yeah. So I guess you could say in a way he did coach Team Canada. But that's such a workaround. Yeah. <laughs> like, <that's... laughs> I'm just picturing now, though, Richard, like, coaching the Olympics, like, coaching Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid and stuff. And being like, like, you just have to be held accountable, guys. You guys are playing great. I don't know if anybody's ever told you. You no. guys are playing awesome. My my dad would be like, listen, boys, we're tied 1-1. We just got to score one more and we win the game. <laughs> <laughs> watching hockey with my dad is great because it's like i love watching hockey with somebody and i love kind of teaching him like the ins and outs of i don't necessarily teach him the ins and outs because i know jack shit about the game of hockey anyways but like but like him and i will him and i'll be watching hockey games and my dad will be like yeah you just gotta dig you just gotta dig deep (laughs) dig dig hard and then i remember us watching the calgary series from last year and my dad says I love that Zach Hyman. That guy works hard. Yeah. He's, he's always in there. He's always in the corners. He's always di- he's always digging for pucks. That guy works so hard. Uh, by the way, we're we are recording uh, at one forty four Eastern time right now, uh, and uh, Taylor has to work a night shift, so I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. Oh, are you two hours ahead of me again? Mm, yep, I am. Jeez Louise! What or, in the world? What Who would have thought? Who would have? Well, Thought. Who would have thought that Connor McDavid would score 153 points in the season? Booyah! That's a segue. 153 points of Connor joining Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, Phil Esposito, Bernie Nichols, and Steve Eiserman as the only players to score 150 plus points in a season. Connor is the first player to do so since 95 96 when Mario Lemieux had 161. Furthermore, Wayne Gretzky did it nine times, but he was playing against plumbers, right? So that doesn't count. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And Mario did it four times, but he was playing against like barbers. So that doesn't count either, right? No, no. Actually, they would probably be more like uh, cable guys at that point. Um, you know, we're just seeing a bit of an advancement in technology. Um, so yeah, no, the, both of them don't count. 
Um, and let's not ignore the fact that he scored 64 fucking goals. The most since Alexander Ovechkin in 2007-2008 when he had 65. I was really hoping Conrad McDervinson was going to hit 70. And for a little while there, it looked like he was going to hit 70. But, um, you know, they had other plans. I Clearly. see what I was hoping for was 66. I wanted him to pass pass Ovi by one just to be a little chintzy bugger and be like, not only because if he would have scored 66, that would have also put him at 155 points, which would have tied him with Steve Eiserman. So if he would have actually had 156 points and like 66 goals, we would have seen not only the best goal scoring output in probably. I don't know, since like Solani when he scored 72, maybe I, I can't remember what it would what it would be at that point. Um, and then the best offensive season by a player not named Gretzky or Lemieux. Because no, because he would he would have had he would have had the highest point total of any player not named Gretzky or Lemieux. Yeah, dude, he what a year. Yeah. What a freaking year, man. He He was a machine. And call me crazy, but it looks like he like I'm a little bit more defensive conscious too, while all oh, this was going on. Hundred hundred percent agree. Yeah. He, um, but judging by both the eye test as well as the analytics to back it up, um, he the was, numbers he was above average defensively, and that's exactly what we want. And to be honest, by the eye test measurement, I I actually think that he was really good defensively this season. Um. But I mean, the the numbers may not speak for that. I think that you could maybe look at the splits in between um, post trade deadline and pre trade deadline, and you could probably make a little bit of an assumption off of that that um, the improved defensive play around him probably did help and and gave him a little bit more structure to play within. Um, but ultimately, like this was, I, I think I, I said this before, but Connor McDavid had the impossible task he was like the lebron james of the of the nhl where all of this hype is put on this kid's shoulders coming in as an 18 year old and all and he crushed all expectations like we're going to be looking back in 15 years as seeing this player and thinking that he's amongst the top three top five greatest of all time i think top five is almost a no doubt question or as long as he has the cups to you know to, to hold up and i, I think that we're going to get there but um I, just a an unbelievable talent flames fan kyle as you're saying this is just like tensing his hands oh same with flames God. fan dill they're just going to be in the in the mentions right away with with their no cups yeah. that's that's a lot that's a lot to be said for a team that has one stanley cup in their entire franchise history for a team that uh, threw Nick Ritchie in for the yeah. shootout for a must-win yeah. game, yeah. I don't know why we're why I just automatically revert to flame slander. But uh, did you watch that game? Their game um, against the Preds, like Flames Elimination Day. I didn't watch Flames Elimination Day. I watched a couple of those games leading up to that point, um, and I really thought they were going to make it. I I honestly thought that they were going to make it. Um, but there is. Just something about this team this season that was so cursed, <laughs> like uh, the definition oh, of cursed. Oh, I what did I want to mention, Nolan? Um, about about Jonathan Huberto. Did you see the statistics? As a guy who likes to talk about mm -hmm. numbers, mm -hmm. um, Jonathan Huberto had the largest point decline by a player in NHL history from 115 to 55 
So a 60 point difference. Uh, that's uh, that's what we call a classic tough beat. That's uh that's that's a that's a cold tamale. You've heard of a hot tamale? <laughs> that's a cold tamale. Um that sucks, man. That really sucks for the for the flambés. Cuz like as much as I as much as I like hate them and rivalry and whatnot, um like if that if the shoe is on the other foot and the shoe has been on the other foot a lot in recent history yeah. with the Oilers and the Flames, like it hurts. I feel your pain. I understand your pain, but um, hold this L, Wimpo. Yeah, I I just I think the the issue was, and and I brought this up around the trade, it, or like around when the trade happened, was I I had said, you know, you're you're you you got great value for Matthew Kachuk. Assuming you were to either re-sign them or turn both Uyghur and Huberto into trade assets. And I'm not a big fan of signing players right after trading for them. Like before you've even seen them play a game. And this is a shining example of it. Like Mackenzie Uyghur was elite. Like he was he was still really good. Like Mackenzie Uyghur rocks. I think that that's a great contract. I think he's a great player. I think that he's going to fit in really well in Calgary, assuming they don't want to move on from him. But that Jonathan Huberdeau extension, that amount of money for that long of a period is insane to me. Ten and a half million dollars for a guy who's like, like he's, people forget, that guy was in the same draft class as Ryan Eugene Hopkins. Yeah, like, he's, he's not a young guy. Yeah, he's sneaky old, hey. And so you need to factor in like there is going to be a massive decline with his age and you need to have the pieces around this player to perform because people once again people forget is like he played on a Florida team that was really good. There was a lot of talent around him. No matter what, he always had guys like Aaron Ekblad, Alexander Barkov, um, Vincent Trocek for a while, Evgeny Dodonov, like lots of Carter guys. Carter there's a lot. Car- but yeah. They were good. Duclair, like they were yeah. good top to bottom on yeah. that team. Patrick Hornquist for years too. Yeah, and, and you have to factor in system as well. You have to factor in guys that play well in a certain system. And from the get-go, Jonathan Huberto in Daryl Sutter's system was destined to fail from the get-go. And, I mean, we kind of saw that in that last game. Yeah. Um, I think the bigger news out of Calgary is what's looming this offseason for them. Do you know what I'm referring to? Last year, Lucic, baby. <laughs> yeah, no more Luch. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where he finds a home, where he ends up. Uh, gonna miss, gonna miss seeing him in Calgary. I don't imagine they're gonna bring him back. I already have my prediction of where Milan Lucic is going. Where's he going? He's definitely going back to Boston. You think so? One more kick at the can. Nick Foligno will be a free agent. He's probably gonna either retire or he'll leave. Or he'll re-up, but what's going to happen is Felino is going to give up that number 17. Luch is going to come back, wear the, don that 17 one last time, and go for another kick at the can. Yeah, fair enough. That was, You know what? We like that. That's a good little story. Those the scumbags in Boston will love to see it, too. They'll throw them right in the haba. Um, back to business, Nolan. We talked about Connor. What about the other half of the delicious duo, Mr. Leon Dreisaitl? 52 goals, third time in his career he's broken 50 in a season, his fourth time breaking 100 points and set a career high this year with 128 points. What a lord, an absolute lord. 
people are sleeping on the fact that he literally tied uh, um, Nikita Kucherov's like cap error record of yeah. 128 points. And yeah, that could, that was a massive deal a few years ago, right? Like that yeah. was such an astronomical amount of points, and Leon just clipped it. And Leon does it, and I. I've wanted to bring this up because obviously we haven't put out an episode in a couple weeks now because, um, you know, you were, you were, uh, off the grid and then I was kind of working on some stuff as well. Like, um, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Leon Dreisaitl the last month has looked fucking awesome. <laughs> like has looked really good again. I don't know if it's, and I'm not like making an excuse or anything like that. I, or not excuses in the right word. I don't know if I'm justifying it or what, but like, holy! If it's not just Leon, the whole team, dude, like they've looked so freaking good. Well, and the thing with Leon is, it feels like he's just locked in. He's locked in. He's engaged. He's already in playoff mode. It feels like he has healed up. If there was something lingering there for a while, which it seems like there very well could have been. I also low key, because um, you remember, you remember, uh, you remember the uh, golf picture gate, as I as I'm gonna call it. When the all Oilers, picture gate. the Oilers posted that posted all those pictures on their socials like before the season started, and there was the one of of Leon Drysidle, and I remember sending it to you, and I'm like, oh yeah, he, he looked kind of looked like shit. He kind of looked a little, he had a little bit of a tummy on him, and then the Oilers <laughs> deleted that tweet, and then they put a different picture up, and I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Um, I'm almost wondering, like, is there a possibility that Leon played himself into shape this season? <laughs> It's hey. it's a possibility. We don't want to speculate too much in the show, but I mean, there's always something to be, there's something to think about there. So there, there are people too, right? Like the yeah. average person's weight Happens, fluctuates, totally. right? Yeah. It is what it is. Body, yeah. Bodies, bodies are normal, you know. And he also fucking spent the off season trying to recover from a busted ankle, from a yeah. high ankle sprain. Like that oh. sucks. Dude, I am so excited to watch his revenge tour against oh. LA this first round. <laughs> Just I, watch him go stupid. I really want to see Leon Dreisaitl faces when the other team's whining and he does a just like a little imitating baby face. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's coming. I remember it's... when I read that to you and you fucking exploded with excitement. <laughs> Spot, he just dude. leans over at the Rangers bench and says, it's coming. <laughs> That's so cocky. I, I, who is it? Uh, Mikey Anderson or Sean Dursey that hurt? Uh, him? My, Mikey Anderson. That, yeah, of course that, it's Mikey Anderson. And then, and then Connor got him back the last game. So yeah, he dirtied him. Eh? Yeah, it's gonna be a bloodbath of a series. So oh, I'm, I'm excited to see a. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we'll just, get there. I just, I just want to gab. You know, it is what it is. Um, speaking of gabbing, hey, just a couple of gals. I was really excited to talk about this one, Nuge. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, we simped all year for him, but we can finally say he smashed his previous career high of 69 uh, with 104 oh. points this season. How sick is that one that he just like 30 plus his previous career high and two that his previous career high was 69? Like from a like first overall perspective, I mean, that's probably not a great career high to have, but like, I mean... We have to, we have to be happy about something. We can be happy about the about the <laughs> meme, right? Also, another underrated thing is it was the um, third time in his career that he's actually played um, that he's actually played eighty two games, and it was the fourth time in his career that he's played at least eighty games. So, Nuge stayed healthy this season, which freaking rocks. 
Um, but yeah, man, like there's not enough things that we can say. I mean, we, we waxed pretty poetically about him when he hit what 90 points was it that, that we had spoken about it last time? Yeah, we that, that was, about... the, that was the nuge, nuge hour on one for one. And we were, and we were thinking like, oh, it'd be so nice to see him hit a hundred. Not only did he hit a hundred, like he busted through that barrier and we just cannot say enough great things about him. He finished ninth in NHL scoring. Insanity. And once again, people are talking about him, but, and I don't think that I, we had, I think you and I had this discussion with us with a certain friend of the show. And I never once said that Nuge was like a heart trophy candidate. Obviously he, he benefits heavily from playing with the players that he does on a regular basis, but it doesn't take away from the fact that this is an incredible feat. Like this is something that we, we never could have expected. And it's also kind of shocking considering there's another player on this team that hit 83 points and we've been begging for wingers for this team forever. And finally two of them came through and they crushed any career highs that they may have had before. So, um, yeah, Nuge and thirty-seven goals too. He's almost a forty-goal scorer. Like that's insane. He's he's awesome. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold accountability here. I think it was I never said that he was a Hart Trophy candidate, but I did say that on another team, if he was playing that way, he would be in Hart consideration. One hundred percent. That's that's the yeah. point that I was making. And friend of the show that we had that discussion with um, was being. Um, love you, love you, FFK, but you're being kind of a prick, so I'm gonna give give it right to you. Uh, other other heart trophy candidate, uh, Matthew Kachuk, just want to put a little bit of salt in that wound, if I can. He's probably Perhaps. gonna finish second in the league, yeah, for heart trophy voting, which is crazy. I'm sorry, man. I we got a lot of friends that are Flames fans, and I should be nicer. And I'm 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 doing a little tap dancing. I'm done. Maybe one or two more for the show. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> But for for I'm for the foreseeable future, I'm going to say I'm done. Other notables, no uh, I, that, would, I just sorry? want to say one quick sorry? thing. Sorry. Just just one quick thing on Matthew Kachuk. I I will say I am surprised that he has been as amazing as he has been this season. I ne- I to be honest, I never thought he was going to hit 100 points again. Oh, dude, I was I was like chirping pretty hard when he left, and like saying he was never going to do anything saying he was never going to hit a hundred and I like him. I like him in Florida. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> Stay he, away. Any fit, yeah. He, yeah. he any, any fits there too. Anyways, sorry. Go on miles. You got um, You alluded to it, but mm-hmm. other notables for the Oilers, Zachary Martin Hyman, the author of children's novels, uh, career high, 83 points suck on that Leafs fans. Darnell nurse had a career high, 43 points and only one of those points came on the power play. So keep those merchant comments. I believe. Much. I believe he was ninth in um, five-on-five scoring by defenseman. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Great stuff to see. Clem uh, Costin shattered a previous career high of nine points when he hit uh, 21 on the season. Shout out Clem. Ryan McLeod as well set a new career high with 23 points in only 57 games. Good on Clowder. Baby McDavid, the best hockey smile in the NHL. Love him. Uh, this is a quote fucked Oilers stat. All regular forwards, I'm doing air quotes, on the team scored ten or more goals. Who does this include? No, 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 Ren. 
Um, so this would this would be every regular NHL forward on the team. So the only one that would not be included with that is Devin Shore. Now yeah. Devin Shore did play 53 games, so somebody mm. might argue that he was a regular forward. But let's just go with the end of the season, um, the guys that were playing every night in the lineup. So this includes from the from the very tippy top: Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Zach Hyman. Uh, Evander Kane, Warren Fogle, Matthias Yanmark, Kyler Yamamoto, Ryan McLeod, Clem Costin, and Derek Ryan. The dangerous Knights crew. Yeah. And, Such a dangerous Knights crew. And we talk about the statistic a lot because we make fun of it. Well, I make fun of it. Um, but only one player on the team finished with a minus on the season from that forward core. Can you guess who that one player was? Ooh, that was a minus? Yep. Um, Yanmark? No, I don't think no. it would be Yanmark. Who was it? Evander Kane. Ah, fart. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah. Um, I will say. I didn't want to believe that. Just throwing this out there. A little concerned. But, <laughs> but we're going to, we're, we're not going to focus on that. But I, I'm, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned. Um, after a really hot start to the season, finished with only 28 points in 41 games with 16 goals, um, started to heat up a bit, but um, the fancies do not look great on him. Um, and uh, you know who also finished with a minus on the season? Uh, is no longer on the team, though. Is uh, our old Boyson. pal. Our old pal, the Boyson, the Boyson King. Uh, yes, I pull you over minus 11. Yeah, and, I, I um, looked. I looked the other day. He's got two oh, points. Yeah, it's since it's, he went it's, to it's, Carolina. And and I also understand before Oilers Twitter jumps on me or jumps on us. We understand that yes, puts up great expected goals numbers. He does a lot of things on the ice really well. But at some point, when you're on the top line or the top six, <laughs> two points is two points. <laughs> So there is something there. We still love Yesse. We still wish him here. We still wish him well and hope maybe one day he can come back. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Uh, moving on from there. Um, uh, oh, do back, you want me to read this one? Yes. This is, this, is a, this is a Nolan figure. This isn't even a Nolan. This, this is like a regular figure. Because <laughs> we're, we're probably burying the lead. But like this team broke an NHL record with a 32.4% power play percentage. They broke a 45-year record by the 1977-78 Montreal Canadiens, who whomst had a 319 uh, power play percentage. This team scored 89 power play goals. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. And it was almost... I, I think we could count on one hand the amount of times that power play two scored. Um, and I, I feel like it's like maybe twice. And all of this comes from one unit of 97, 29, 93, 18, and a combination of 22 and two. So Tyson Berry until RIP, see you later. Uh, and Evan Bouchard takes over. And with Evan Bouchard, the power play actually improved. Wow. Who who, who, who would have thunk, thunk it? Who would have thunk? Um, so shout out to Glenn Galton, um, Flames legend, Glenn Galton. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're back with the flame slander. It didn't, <laughs> if, it, it didn't take very long. I will say, though, if this team wins a Stanley Cup, knock, knock, on, knock on wood, uh, if this team does win a Stanley Cup, uh, Glenn Galton will be hired as a head coach in the NHL. No doubt will in my be mind. What? Glenn Galton will absolutely be a head coach of some team next year. You keep cutting out on me. I, I know where you're going, though. Um, oh, sorry. Can you hear me head now? coach in the NHL. Yeah, head coach yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, he will be. Yeah, if, I, if, I if they win the Stanley Cup. See him go. 
Um, but, uh, and, you know, somebody else who uh, did some in- intensely good things for the Oilers. Um, the Oilers are 16-2-1 since Matthias Ekholm joined the team. Oh, and the Viking speaking king. Speaking of Ekholm, our new Swedish king defenseman finished as partial first Oiler regular season with four goals, 10 assists for 14 points in just 21 games. For the math people out there, uh, that's an 82-game equivalent of a 15-goal, 55-point pace. Um, coming from a defenseman, that's... Uh, uh, as far as I look at, pretty good. The the term linsanity gets thrown <laughs> around a lot these days. Uh, <laughs> we also talk a lot of shit about plus minus here, but in those said twenty one games, Eckholm finished with a checks, checks the notes, notes plus twenty eight, beating his career high in like a quarter of the season. Um. <laughs> And in addition to being awesome on his own, the things Ed Eckholm did to help Evan Bouchard's game, clogging lanes while uh, Bouch got to basically have some fun offensively and allowing him to calm down and make easy reads and decisions, just like you'd be crazy not to say that Evan Bouchard looked incredible beside Matthias Eckholm. Um, in those 21 games with Eckholm, Bush went on to score five goals, 14 assists for 19 points in 21 games, tying him for seventh amongst NHL D-men. So that was not only playing power play two time, but that's also playing, or sorry, power play one time, but that's also playing with a guy of Eckholm's caliber. Um, I mean, Bouchard looked, looked the part and any concerns about, um, his, uh, his urgency or his lack of, or his lack of jump, I feel like that's kind of a credit to his game is I don't need my defenseman to be losing his mind out there. If he can kind of sit back, make that read and say, all right, I've got the puck on my stick. I've got a bunch of, I got a bunch of four checkers coming at me. What can I do to break this bad boy out? And he's able to make that decision. And if he can't, then he can slide it over to his partner who's played, you know, eight, 900 games in this league. And, and he can make that move. So um, he's just been he's just been tremendous. I'm I'm so happy with Ekholm. So happy with Bouchard. It's changed everything on this team. It's made every defenseman better. Um, and, in, in my opinion. And Bouch is hot to leave like to end the season. Like that goal that he scored against the Avalanche, and then he had another crazy one. He had a couple, man. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, the fact that they beat the Avalanche with the two goals being scored by Ekholm and Bouchard is just the death's kiss of a of a of a statistic for me. I I have so much faith going into these playoffs that as long as you've got Matthias Ekholm out on the ice in the final seconds of a game to close out a two one game. Um, you can do just about anything. And this team is winning those two one games and winning those those defensively close op- or you know, taking advantage of those really close opportunities. So I am really happy to see. So we're waxing quite poetically about the addition of Ekholm uh and what you know him and Bush have been able to do. But friend of the show, Jack Michaels, overall mm-hmm. good guy, golf enthusiast, um, also had a little tweet here yesterday. The effects of Ekholm in Edmonton, 18-2-1 with him in the lineup have been well documented, but the six foot six Bugstad and the six foot seven De Harnay also played key roles in an improved PK that was 22 um, out of 23 in the last eight games. So Shout out to the Manson squad. Oilers went 28-5-3 with Vinny DeHarnay in the lineup and actually lost three of the four games he did not play after joining the team. So 
Um, say what you want about that big gangly Deharnay, but he's uh, he adds another dimension to that backhand and, and helps them out quite a bit. So I thought that was interesting, and uh, I didn't know that that they were that like you know that good with him in the lineup. And twenty two out of twenty three on the PK for the last eight games. Let's go. Yeah, do we? Been... That's spicy. The team is hitting all of these check marks right now, and you. And this is weird to say, but. And we're going to kind of get to it when we talk about the playoffs, but this is the time, the first time in my life that, I mean, maybe, maybe since that, that post 16, 17 season that the media outlets are actually talking about this team as a full blown, realistic Stanley cup contender. And it's because everything is coming together. The five on five scoring is at is is where it needs to be. The pen, the power play is at a historic rate. The penalty kill is coming together. They're getting saves. Everybody is all on the same page, and they're getting everybody back healthy. Knock on wood. So, I, I mean, <laughs> there's not really much else to say. Like this team is primed and ready for an opportunity to go on a pretty big run here. There is one more thing to say, Nolan. What is that? That is very important. That oh, yeah. Aside... And I, figured, I figured the goalie will take the goalie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, aside from Connor, maybe the story of the season has to be rookie goaltender Stuart Skinner, who went X Games mode. 50 games played, 29 wins, two shutouts, 0.914 save percentage, and a 2.73 goals against average. He will surely be a Calder finalist, potentially even a Calder winner. Very good numbers for a guy that made the jump to the NHL. Like, um, at the start of the season, it was not really a question of if he was going to be in the NHL. It was, you know, he was going to be a backup to uh, to Soup. Uh, but Stuart Skinner absolutely took that crease over and never really gave it back. He played great, was an all-star, and might have some hardware coming home with him at the, after the awards. So, like, just keep doing you stew because don't change a damn thing if you eat the same thing for supper every game before or if you eat the same thing for supper before every game just keep doing that i don't know what it is but and a new dad too and cody cc's a new dad yeah shout out shout out to cc and skinner just a couple of just a couple of young lords and getting Nuge their wives gonna, pregnant <laughs> and Nuge is gonna be a dad right away too and tris is gonna be a dad right away oh lots of births <laughs> Yeah, actually, do do I know anyone else that's going to be a dad soon? No, I don't. I don't. I don't have very many friends. It's okay though. <laughs> shout out to shout out to the dads everywhere. Sh- it's not Father's Day, but shout, shout out to, to the dads. Yeah, yeah. We're we you know the moms they don't necessarily get the official shout outs, but the dads they'll always have our hearts. Just kidding. We love you, moms. Yeah, I was gonna say what the <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> Pat gives you shit when we don't give her shout outs. Pat needs to listen to the show more often before she Dude, gets shout outs. You know what? Actually, I want to, I'm going to give a shout out to my mom because uh, me and Big J were talking and uh, she was like, does your mom know you have a podcast? And I was like, ah, pro- like probably not. Like, like maybe, I don't know. Like she de- definitely doesn't listen. So then at Easter, we were talking or something and um, my mom was like, oh, I got you some lotion like for your shoulder, uh, for your shoulder burn. I'm like, how'd you know I burnt my shoulders? And she's like, oh, I was listening to your podcast and I heard you oh, guys giggling so about sick. how your, how your skin was peeling off. And I started laughing. I was like, oh, look at Janelle. I was like, okay, I guess she listens. And then we laughed. And you it was were like fun. you were like and you were like that was like a top that was like a top five funniest moment we've ever had in the podcast. Thank you, Mer- thank you, Merm. <laughs> yeah, you picked the right episode to turn into Merm. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to my Merm.
Okay. <laughs> okay, you no want to take the touching of the hair or face. NHL shit. Playoff preview. Let's get into it. This is the part that uh, Tanner from Moose Jaw is going to be skipping right to. Um, lots of guys are good at hockey, Nolan. Mm-hmm. That's actually, I lied. I, I don't know why I lied again for no reason. This is not the playoff preview. This is just a quick uh, overview of NHL shit. I'm sorry for lying to you again twice this episode. Uh, lots of guys are good at hockey. This list of guys that are good at hockey includes Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nikita Kucherov, David Pasternak, Matthew Kachuk, Nathan McKinnon, Jason Robertson, your favorite, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Mikko Rantanen, Elias Pettersson, Eric Carlson, Mitchell Marner, Jack Hughes, Tage Thompson, and Braden Point. That is ladies and gentlemen, is your top 15 point producers of the season. Of those 15, 11 of them surpassed 100 points and five of them scored 50 goals or more. A sick display of offensive output. Good yeah. stuff. Uh, the the off- I was actually going to look at league scoring compared to last season, um, but it's obviously at a, at a high. I think this has got to be the highest it's been since probably since the pre- uh, the uh the pre-dead puck era um well, and a lot of that could be attributed to the fact that we're seeing just much more improved uh you know power play percentages and things like that and the young offensive talent and also league-wide save percentage Do you know what the league-wide save percentage the average is now um it can't i'm gonna say 901 it's 899 art darn it close you were so close (laughs) um because it it wasn't that long ago that uh, Jamie like nine fifteen right oh sorry yeah 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 go on like Jamie Ben won the Art Ross with like eighty six points or something not that yeah. not that long ago that was what we call a classic depressy spaghetti time in the <laughs> NHL <laughs> so it's awesome to see uh, these guys coming back Eric Carlson hundred point season as a defenseman that's banana lands uh, shout out to Elias Pettersson as well I mean I don't. We we like to make fun of the Canucks, and I don't want to see the Canucks, you know, break any records or anything like that. But he had a great resurgence. He broke a hundred points. Um, we were kind of shitting on him at the start of the year, saying that it was a, a prove it year for him. He had a lot to show, blah 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 blah. But he certainly did putting up a hundred and five points, I think, this year. So shouts out to him. Um, Mitch Marner was at like ninety nine points. Uh, Jack Hughes was at like ninety eight or ninety seven. So there was a couple of other guys in that top fifteen. Tage Thompson too was at like. 96 they were all really close to to breaking that 100 point barrier and that that number could have been you know even higher so it was a was a very interesting very exciting offensive season in the nhl this year for sure to put it lightly i know that's not a wow kind of statement this but was, this they was did good a, man this honestly if it wasn't for Connor mcdavid the um the um the the Hart Trophy race would be so tight right now because it would be so many guys that are like that are just you know had this offensive explosion this season, and it was just a lot of fun. I just I had so much fun paying attention to the rate that guys were scoring at the season. It was unreal. So really happy so that, to see that. That that makes me curious. Uh, take McDavid out of it. Who would your like three Hart Trophy guys be? Are we taking McDavid and Drysaddle out of it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say top three would be, uh, actually all wingers. I would go past, uh, uh, or I would go Kachuk past, uh, Robertson. I hate that. That's exactly what I was going to pick. 
Son of a bitch, eh? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, I was because I was I was gonna be like, uh, and I'm gonna take a page out of your book here, Nolan. I think Jason Robertson had a really sneaky impact on his team. Like I thought I was gonna have some nice point or something, and then you're like, oh, Jason Robertson. Oh, fuck, whatever. Should have known. Anyway, yeah, they th- those would be my picks as well. They they were all incredible for their teams, and like you said, if it wasn't for for McDavid just going sicko mode on the rest of the NHL, those guys would be uh, in a really really tight race. So yeah, cool. Yeah, good stuff. 100%. Um, ah, uh, I don't want to do this, but I need to eat crow medicine show a little bit here. The Boston Bruins are not frauds for anyone that uh, like to use that soundbite of me calling them Fuchs's frauds at the start of the year. I'm sorry once again, uh, but the Boston Bruins are very good at hockey. They won 65 games this year for 135 points and a plus 128 goal differential. Um, best like regular season in NHL history. So uh, claps all around to the Bruins. Very nice. A big part of that was uh, thanks to their goaltender, Linus Allmark. He is him finishing this year with 40 wins, a 1.89 goals against average. Next highest was above two. So just take that into consideration. The guy was a menace and a 0.938 save percentage. Um, and his goaltending partner, Jeremy Swayman, was like equally as impressive, maybe ever so slightly less impressive, but on any other team. Jeremy Swayman's a top six goalie in the NHL, and he's a backup. It's it's disgusting what they're doing in Boston. Yeah, they they just have a factory right now. And, and now the crazy dude, part is, is that you have to throw everything out because the playoffs start, and it's all fresh. I know, I know. All, but one, one more thing about Allmark. He's 30, and he makes 5 million bucks a year. Yeah. That's yeah. an incredible, incredible contract. That's kind of what the Oilers hoped that they would get with Jack Campbell, but uh, Jack, Jackery. That it's uh, uh, not. Uh, it's not uh, been, uh, hey, very ideal. What did you just say, partner? The playoffs are starting. You got to throw all that out. <laughs> Imagine Jack Campbell comes in and just has like a nine forty and wins the cup. Oh, wins, wow. wins the con smite. <laughs> he just comes up. Hey, thanks, guys. His cat's coming on the ice. He starts eating Liptons out of the cup. <laughs> some chicken some chicken noodle sherp uh nolan has prepared funny player stats from this season am i catching you at a bad time lord Mm-mm. no are you ready yeah it's okay i had to take your time i had to i had to finish eat, i had to finish eating a bar i don't want to steal your freedom <laughs> so this season was full of really like really crazy funny stats and a lot of players that um, that you would not have known ended up having these like incredible seasons. So I just wanted to shine some light on those. Uh, some of them are going to be funny and bad. Some of them, are, most of them are going to be funny as in good. Um, the first one I wanted to mention is Miles. Do you know who the, uh, who the three leading scorers were for the uh, Florida Panthers this season? Matty T. Mm-hmm. Uh, Verhage. Don't look it up, but... No, I'm, I'm not. Carter... Okay, okay. I, I just know Verhage was for freak this year. Okay. And a guy whose name I can't pronounce, he plays with Matthew Kachuk. I think it starts with, like, an L. Um, okay, so I should actually say four because the people that are in third place are tied. So, it was Matthew Kachuk. Lundell Verhage. No, uh, okay, it was sorry, Matthew Kachuk, Alexander mm-hmm. Barkov, Carter Verhage, and Brandon Montour. 
the D-man Brandon Montour? Brandon Montour had 16 goals, 57 assists for 73 points this season. That's rambunctious. That's outrageous. <laughs> I, I've been following this since like middle of the way through the season and i'm like wait a minute brandon montour is like on pace for like 60 points like is is he like is is he him and for a guy whose previous career high was 37 and before that was 32 which he had in his sophomore season in anaheim he absolutely exploded this season offensively and basically became the florida panthers number one defenseman so uh shout out brandon montour that's a a pretty crazy stat good for Um, him one that you've probably paid attention to is um uh, Adrian Kempe. I don't know if you've seen this one. Uh, Adrian Kempe with the Los Angeles Kings this season played all 82 games. Um, he had 67 points in 82 games. Uh, but Miles, I don't know if you know this. He had 41 goals. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Him and Clayton um, Keller had like sneaky high goal seasons, eh? Hey? Yeah. Nuts. Wild seasons. Um, another, another, another good one is, um, uh, do you know who the the top three scorers were for the Nashville Predators? Um, dude, if there was anything I learned in that Predators game, um, like Predators Flames Elimination Day game, um, I don't know ninety percent of that roster. Okay, so no, I don't know who their top three scorers were. Forsberg, so, Duchesne, and Johansson. So as I live in 2017. So leading the season was Roman Yossi with 59 points in 67 games. Okay, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in second was Matt Duchesne with 56 points in 71 games. In third place, Tommy Novak with oh 43 points in 51 games. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, and people are I I guess people are calling him uh, Novechkin. Novechkin was just awesome. Uh, so that's another funny one. Um, okay, just a, just a couple more. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw in a bad one actually. Um, uh, Miles, uh, question for you is um, when you think of a player like Matt Dumba, uh, what wh- what do you usually expect from someone like Matt Dumba? Uh, a good defensive conscious and a fair amount of points. So you're thinking like a 40, 50 point defenseman? Yeah, 40 yeah. plus. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. This this season, Matt Dumba played 21 minutes a game and in 79 games, he had four goals and 14 points. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure he's a free agent this offseason. Ah, uh, that hurts. Tough, that hurts the dumb, tough, the dumb boy. Tough season. Um, and, but, uh, I mean, he played 21 minutes a game. So he, yeah. like, it's not like he was just skating around out there. It's, and, it's true. And Minnesota's good, so he must have been doing something right. Yeah, must be doing something right. Sorry. Um, another another good one is uh actually from the same team is uh Marcus Johansson. So Marcus Johansson, um, he had thirteen goals, twenty eight twenty eight points in sixty games with the Washington Capitals. A very mid season middle six guy. Like we we know who Marcus <laughs> Johansson is. I think he was traded for a third round pick. Uh, in twenty games with the Minnesota Wild, he had eighteen points like was a damn near point a game player to close up the season. So that's a sneaky, that's a really sneaky good finish to the season for Marcus Johansson. It could maybe potentially be an X factor in the playoffs, but miles I'm saving the best for last for, for funny stats. Okay. He's ready. So you brought up Stuart Skinner's name Stuart. and there is a player that was actually tied with that actually Stuart Skinner um, tied in points this season. And this player makes over $3 million a season. Do you know who this player is? Um, 
No, sir, not off the top of my dome. In 51 games played with two goals and zero assists for two points in the season. That's right. You guessed it, Fosa. That's former oiler Zach Cassian with the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, but, dude, okay, you know what? I actually knew that. Uh, because when we were going to Phoenix, I had the brilliant idea that we should make signs. And I was going to say, I wanted my sign to say what's higher, my BAC or Zach Cassian's goals per game. Ruthless. That is really ruthless. I knew it was bad, though. Fart. I should have got that. Um, that's that's bad, Zach. That's bad, Zach. <laughs> um, I would assume, I mean, they probably won't because the, um, the Arizona Coyotes are a dumpster fire and they, they love nothing more than players that don't play for their team or do absolutely nothing, but it just look, it's just cap hits on their books. Um, but if this was any other team, I would expect that Zach Cassian would be bought out this offseason because that's um, what we call a classic tough beat. So, those are some of my funny, some some of my funny stats. I probably could have found more, but um, I liked I just, all of those stats a lot. Thank, thank you. Very, I love that you didn't guess any of them. I I love that you didn't know the Brandon Montour stat because that's yeah, a fun, they, that's a crazy one. That is a crazy one, and that I think that's one that's going to have a lot of people reaching for their uh, for their hockey DB. They're going to be looking up that 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 boy, learning lots about him. Um, this is a little bit of a stat as well. First playoffs since twenty. First playoffs since 2005-2006 that either Crosby or Ovechkin were not in the playoffs. Yeah, so that would be neither of them in the playoffs. Yeah, because at least was... one of them was in the playoffs every year since then. Um. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, first time in almost, what is it, uh, 18 seasons or something like that that's been since then? Like... That's banana lands man that's a person was born graduated high school and has never seen a playoffs without them in it put this into perspective Connor bedard was born in 2005 <laughs> yeah dude there you go <laughs> literally Connor bedard Connor bedard's life has been has he has not experienced ovechkin or crosby not in the playoffs so and now he's coming to take their cake eh? yeah. uh i thought this one was funny because uh, this is a, this is actually a heat daddy uh, tweet. This is not just me being stupid. This is this is him being stupid. He tweeted, uh, "Eakins not coaching ducks anymore." <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks have parted ways with uh, Dallas Eakins, former Oilers coach, Oilers legend. So, be interesting to see where he lands, if he lands on his feet, or or what happens to He's him there. Definitely getting an assistant coach job. Um, I mean. He's just he's just not an NHL coach, man. I I just don't know how to put it. Like maybe he's really good with young players, but um, this guy, in my opinion, single handedly ruined Nal Yakupov's career. Um, and I just I just don't think that he I just don't think he's an NHL head coach. <laughs> I'm just picturing Dallas Eakins like standing over a cauldron, just laughing maniacally, like I ruined Nal Yakupov. <laughs> and some and some boomers gonna be like, actually, Nal Yakupov ruined Nal Yakupov's career. It's like, well, it's two way street, my friend. But um, yeah, one no. hand washes the other. Oh, sorry, I have to make a correction. I promised uh, baby back Billick that I was gonna make a correction. So you remember a couple episodes I remember when we were talking about um like our 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 Mount Rushmore. Yep. And his was like Yakupov, uh Taylor Hall, Tambellini, and Nuge or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, You never said why. And it's because God bless the broken road that led us to Connor McDavid. So he he's been he's brought that up to me like three times. 
since I've since that episode came Simmer out. Simmer down, my friend. So I wanted to correct it. Yeah. Uh, and, and answer it. Uh, speaking of coaches that are fired, Peter Laviolette will not be back in Washington. Um, talking to Tanner from Moose Jaw, big Caps fan. He was saying this like at the trade deadline that he, he like wanted the season to basically go this way and he wanted Laviolette out. So I think a lot of uh, Washington fans weren't happy with what he was doing behind the bench. Um, they listened to you and they uh, granted your wish. Peter Laviolette is no longer with the Capitals. Yeah, I think he's, you know, where I think he could end up is, um, I don't know what's going to happen in Pittsburgh with, uh, with Mike Sullivan, but I could totally see Peter Laviolette being the coach of Pittsburgh. Has he coached them before? No, he hasn't, but he's like, he's a guy that works really well on just like veteran heavy teams. So if your team is like old and not very good, um, you don't want to have him as your coach because you want, you want that coach to be playing younger guys a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But if you put him on a team that's like in the middle of their prime right now, like uh, I don't know, like I don't even freaking Edmonton. Well, not even Edmonton <laughs> really, but I would say like you know, like the Islanders would have been a good team for Laviolette, you know, oh, like yeah. something something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless hey. they if they look at maybe Boot Boot and Lane Lambert at the door and they wanna they wanna bring Laviolette in, I could totally see that as a as a fit. Yeah, uh, depending on what happens with Sutter, maybe a Flames guy. Yeah, that's another good one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. um, speaking speaking of the penguins though uh heads will roll penguins fire hextall burke and Proyer. that is their gm president and assistant gm so coaching status is unclear at this point i think it'll depend on who comes in and what they want to do and if they want to get their guy in there if they're gonna uh let sullivan stay but yeah big changes coming out of pittsburgh and big change coming out of chicago as the Hawks made an announcement before their season finale, they will not be re-signing Captain Jonathan Taves. So they were able to give him a farewell in his last game as a Blackhawk. And uh, he even scored a goal in that one. So good for him to, uh, you know, to, uh, to to end his career with the Blackhawks on a high note after a lot of success and now obviously a big stain uh, over his tenure as you know, captain of that franchise. So mixed emotions there. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on the, on the Tave situation? Um, yeah, I, it's weird. I feel. It's I wish weird that, is a good way to put it. I like, I wish, I, yeah. I wish that I could be singing Jonathan Tave's praises because I really wish that we could look back at his, at, at his career as a black Hawk and say like, you know, this guy was amazing. was really good. I mean, he was really good in his prime. I do personally think he got a little over. There was a, a point there where he got really overrated, um, where people were talking about him in the same breath as Sidney Crosby, and that just wasn't true. Um, but Jonathan Taves was it like in his prime, he was a great hockey player and really enjoyed watching him. But yeah, the the whole Blackhawks thing is just left a very sour taste in my mouth, and I just can't get move on from that. Um, so farewell to Taves. He's probably going to be a first second ballot hall well, i would say he's first ballot hall of famer like the 200 hockey men love him so and he's the captain of three stanley cup champions so i i, yeah. I totally get it um but yeah it's just it's a weird feeling it's a very 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 weird feeling so i i'm not uh i don't know i don't know about that one um but i did want to just mention though i am really excited to see what the penguins do though after they just cleaned house with all of their management i'm and if mike sullivan becomes a free agent head coach oh, 
old buddy is he gonna get snapped up by somebody could you imagine mm-hmm. if he coaches like the ducks <laughs> honestly they win, yeah. they win the bedard sweepstakes and they're able to sign mike sullivan that would be a very good thing for the ducks a very bad thing for the teams in the pacific so yes, I, hope I would do don't not do that. like that please yeah. stay out of my division as far away as you can um okay that does it for NHL shit. We are about to move into the playoff preview. Before we do that, there is a very, very, very important piece of business that we need to take care of. And it's something that um, I know the people want, Nolan. And I have to ask you, I'm ashamed it's taken this long to ask you, how has your Love is Blind season been going? Have you been watching? I haven't watched a single episode yet. Fucking shit my pants. I'm I'm sorry. When it first came out, I was so busy with stuff, and I've still been busy. And unfortunately, I feel weird watching it without Taylor. And Taylor's been working a lot, so I've instead been watching a lot of movies lately. I watched Superbad yesterday, man. Superbad's so funny. Dude, it's funny you say that because I watched both 21 and 22 Jump Street this week. What a... Like, two two of the... two Like... One of the best comedies of the last fifteen years, and the maybe the greatest comedy sequel of all time. Like That's, incredible, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Okay. So, guy hasn't watched any Love Is Blind. Um. I know this might sound cocky, but I, I we we get a lot of good feedback on our dating show recaps. Oh, people want that. People are people need that content in their lives. This Can is, I get this caught up this week? Dating. Yes, you can. And okay. I don't want to put you're getting into it at the perfect time because the um the live reunion is tonight. Oh, geez. so their recap, like the whole season is going to be done. And uh, I've been watching it with Big J and lots of stuff on TikTok about it with like friends and, and whatnot. So I, I have a lot of thoughts about I Love is Blind. I hear there's some spicy drama this season. There is some spicy drama this season because two of the girls suck. So, oh, sorry. I've, Three I've, of the girls suck. I've so heard about much. the really controversial one, the one that really that. Uh, okay, I I I know you, one of the spoilers about like about after they get off or out of the after they get out of the pods. But that's about all I know. Okay, you need to get you need to get busy. You need to get. And then that, I saw that. And then work. I saw that viral video today of the one guy that said no, and then he like touched the one girl's butt. Did you see that, Paul? Curly, yeah. curly-headed guy, handsome, yeah, I think so. real yeah, handsome-looking so. dude. Yeah, I, th- I think his name was Paul, and he like touched the the friend's butt or something like that as he was leaving. Oh, that's rock star. I know. So the, that, she that was... sucks too. The it, the friend? No, well, depends which the... friend you're talking about. She has so the girl Micah that he was yes, with yes. sucks. I hate okay, her. Okay, yeah. Um, and then her friend Shelby sucks donkey. Yeah. So like, I think if I saw correctly, he turns down. Sorry for spoilers, but he turns down Micah, and then he touches Shelby's butt on the d- way out. Couldn't no, it's the brunette. That's he wouldn't touch. Oh, Shelby's sorry. Butt. Okay, yes. Okay, maybe. Okay, yes. It was the brunette then. I I don't know these characters, but um, yes, that, that's characters. Been, that, that's been going <laughs> talking viral. about them like they're <laughs> mythical animals. <laughs> these creatures. You need to get caught up. And okay. then we're gonna give a date, a, a big Love Is Blind recap next episode. Okay, that sounds good. Should we get to the playoff preview? Yeah, we should. Okay, so um, 
I think we should start off with the Florida Panthers versus the Boston Bruins. So we have labeled this. So just as everybody knows, we have labeled this. In case you haven't been following along to the playoffs, which I don't, if you're listening to the show and you haven't been following along the playoffs, well, number one, we appreciate you tuning in. But uh, number two, I'm very surprised. But anyways, we've labeled it. So the second team is the one that obviously have, has home ice advantage. So there you go. Um, this is the battle of the Atlantic one seed, the Boston Bruins versus the wild card two, which is the Florida Panthers literally um, did not get in until the last week of the season. Uh, season series was two, two um, for both of these teams. So pretty tied. Uh, but overall, like everybody know, everybody and their grandma knows that the Bruins are nasty this year, all time nasty. They got better at the deadline, adding Dmitry Orlov and Tyler Batuzzi. Simply insane. Uh, Matty T came to South Beach and put up a career high 109 points. Panthers have also been riding the the hot hand of goaltender Alex Lyon, who went 9-4-2 this year with a .914 save percentage and a 2.89 GAA. Will the President's Trophy curse plague the Big Bad Bruins? The last team to win the President's Trophy in the Cup was the Hawks in 2013, so 10 years ago. So if you're looking for some maybe some 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 even-eared parallels, then maybe that could be something that you know I might look at here. Um, I have this weird feeling we're going to see Sergei Bobrovsky back in this series and we're going to see like vintage Bob. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I have the Bruins winning in six because I feel like there's like a vintage Bob game in there. Yeah. I think that's like the, the, so use your words. I can't talk. I drank too much. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm back. <laughs> it was a 2-2 season series so clearly the Panthers play well against the Bruins and you need to respect that I think when you're when you're looking at this series mm-hmm. um, and that's why I have the Bruins in five so I'm not really respecting the Panthers very much <laughs> am I but I'm saying that they're probably they're gonna win one game I think like a vintage Bob game or Matthew Kachuk just you know goes off one game Matthew or... Kachuk five goals in one game yeah right yeah. like I think that there'll be one of those kind of same thing as what you're saying one of those outliers but I think the Bruins are gonna take care of business quickly and, and pretty efficiently i like to call yeah it's good um I, I mean don't get me wrong though i will say i would not be surprised if the panthers win this series though because this is the nhl and this is the president's trophy the president's trophy team typically does not win the stanley cup unless you're the, the, the 2013 blackhawks so <laughs> hey, we'll see and especially the teams uh, that break these records like should we remind you of the tampa bay lightning who I was going to say. Who lost to who, Miles? Uh, Columbus and Sergei Bobrovsky. There it is. <laughs> in four games. So he's let's. Gonna have uh, that. He's going to have that on the Bolton board. Eh? Yeah. He's going to have the Michael Jordan. I took that personally. <laughs> when they're like, when there's a, 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 a video of Marshan in the locker room being like, this fucking guy has an eight point or eight nine nine save percentage. He's trash. And then Bobrovsky's going to be like, I heard you. <laughs> I, I hear you. I put on both and board. Um, so we're done, right? Bruins, we're yeah. done. I mean, everybody yeah. kind of. What what else is there to say? They're good, and they're going to take that series. Um, I I don't know if I'm just completely repeating what you just said, and I feel like I probably am. So I don't know why I'm prefacing this much. Um, after that, though, I think it's anybody's guess. Like what yeah. happens with the Bruins? Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. But first round, I think they're going to take care of business. Um, the series after that. Nerlin is the turn for Brady Lurtning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Atlantic two versus the Atlantic three. The season series was two wins, one loss for the Leafs. 
run that shit back turbo after a series that went seven games last year the lightning and leafs are set to re-spark a new rivalry the lightning have a chance to reach the cup final for a fourth consecutive year while the leafs look to advance past the first round for the first time since 2004 it's so funny in print <laughs> what it's so funny in print this is like <laughs> They look. They look to reach the cup final for the fourth consecutive year, while the looks the Leafs look to win the first round for the first time in over twenty years, or almost twenty years. <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, both should be highly motivated teams uh, to to do their respective things. Let's settle in for a series that will undoubtedly be entertaining. Worth mentioning. The Lightning lost Andre Palat this offseason, who scored seven third period goals in the playoffs last year for the Lightning. So, uh, took them seven games last year to get rid of the Leafs. They got no Palat. Sergeyev has been playing really well this year. All in all, Lightning are nasty. Like, Lightning are a very good team. Obviously, veteran-led, good. Everybody kind of knows what you're getting there. Leafs have been up and down and all the way around. They've got new guys, additions at the deadline. Ah, I did the unthinkable and picked the lightning in seven. It must be a bit at this point. Oh, also another funny stat. Brandon Hagel scored 30 goals this season. Um, yeah. Hagel's a nut job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, as much as I would love to say the Tampa Bay lightning, I just, this can't continue to happen. Can it? <laughs> Like, at some point, you have to get over the hump. And I'm pretty sure I've picked the Leafs to win the first round the last... Two years. The last, like... I think at every least. season of this fucking show I have. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. So, at the end of the day, the Leafs are a better team. They're younger. They're faster. The only issue is... That guy between the pipes. Vassy? Or... If you get... If you get... The Andre Vasilevsky we know, it's going to be difficult. And oh, if you get, if you got Ilya Samsonov not playing to the heights of the season, and instead you get the worst of the season, it's over quick. But I trust the Leafs. I trust their core. I think this is the year they finally break through. I've got Leafs in six. I just don't see it. And it's not not because I'm a hater. I just don't see them doing it because I think that they have too many cooks in the kitchen, if that makes sense. Don't get me wrong. Leafs not winning in the first round is a really funny offseason storyline. Like, <laughs> that is I, I actually must-watch television. But I just I just don't see the Lightning being able to keep up. That's Dude, this is like three years in a row where they've had a long off or they've had a short offseason. I just don't know. I th- they've come in pretty rickety. I just don't know if I see it. But I think you know, this is. I think this is their last. Their their last hurrah. This is their last hurrah. I think after this, you're going to see a pretty steep de- uh, decline with the uh, with with those lightning, like we compared can, to what we're used to seeing yeah, with them. Right. We, we can legally say with them the last dance. <laughs> yes, we can legally say that government name. It's okay. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, d- I don't think O'Reilly got enough time with that group of guys uh, before getting hurt. Um, obviously, like difficult to come back from a hand injury, especially like as a centerman and an offensive guy the way that he is. I just I just don't see it happening. I don't see the Leafs winning lightning and seven. Okay, sounds good. 
Moving on. New York. Yeah, I can take this one if you want. The New, New York, York Island, the New York Islanders versus the Carolina Hurricanes. The Metro One versus the Wild Card One. Uh, season series was three one for the Hurricanes. The Carolina Hurricanes have been rolling all season, despite major despite major injuries to major players and looking like a clear number one since October. The Islanders battled, scrapped their way, scrapped and dragged their way to the postseason with a massive part on that of being Ilya Sorokin posting a 9.24 save percentage and six shutouts. And this is a team that loves to allow shots to the net, like just absolutely loves bleeding chances. So Ilya Sorokin has been standing on his head this entire season. Um, the depth of the Hurricanes and the defensive structure of the Islanders will be a good series to watch. Um, this is just, it was one of those things, the the Isles are similar to the Flames in this in this instance, where it's like, if they made it into the playoffs, I do not want to face them in the first round, because that team knows how to win in the playoffs. And with the New York Islanders, personally, what I find is they have a full-fledged stud superstar number one goaltender, and they've got a lot of guys that know what they're doing in the playoffs. They know all that dirty shit they can get away with, and I don't know if you've noticed, but the Carolina Hurricanes have not looked particularly good since Andrei Svechnikov went out, so I've got the Islanders winning in seven. I got the Hurricanes in six. That's fair. Yeah, I think that... I think that they're just too good. When when did they lose out? Um, they they made it to the second round last year, so they're they've got a good group of guys that are a talented and b um, have you know played playoff hockey before. It's not like they're coming in you know still wet behind the ears, young kind of inexperienced. Uh, I see. I see the conference final. No. Yeah, because I I don't know if this this core has or not. No, I don't think this core has been to a Western Conference oh, or Eastern they did, Conference. They final. did in eighteen nineteen when they lost they? the Bruins. Yeah, they lost oh. the Bruins. But um, well, well, good got, for them. They got they got swept by the Bruins. So that's Aho's nuts. Yeah, I think like Aho Teravine and they've got a lot of good guys on that team that can yeah say Poli that can uh, can can make her happen. And I I just think that they're just too good. I think that they're just better than the islanders um bo horvat vancouver comments no funny like it pretty funny yeah i like, I like seeing it yeah. yeah just he's having fun i'm happy he's having fun i'm happy he's enjoying hockey again because i can't imagine that that was very good for his mental health um next series nolan mm-hmm. new jersey devils and the new york rangers Metro 2 versus Metro 3, a season series that was 3-1 for the Devils. The Hudson River rivalry is back. The first time they're meeting in the playoffs since 2012, the Devils set a franchise record of 52 wins at 112 points to lock up home ice advantage. The Rangers are not to be fucked with, acquiring crafty veterans Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko at the deadline, giving the Blue Shirts one of the deepest rosters in the playoffs. The Devils won 28 games on the road this year. Wow. And the Rangers went 33-0-0 when scoring four goals or more. Both teams are nasty. This is going to be an incredible series. I'm surprised to see we have the same prediction in this one. So let's get it out of the way. This was a really difficult pick for me to be completely honest because me too. <laughs> um, I could easily see the Devils winning this series. In, um, but I think lot either of, way, it's going, it's going a, the distance. There's a lot of parallels between the rise of the Devils this season and the rise we saw from the Colorado Avalanche from a couple of years ago. And it's actually kind of funny considering those were the two teams of the early 2000s era that were like the the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the reason the the big parallel behind that is that you know the Colorado Avalanche or the the New Jersey Devils just signed uh, just signed Luke Hughes to join their roster to adding just a crafty, smooth skating defenseman to play in their middle pair. And it's very similar to a couple of years ago when the Colorado Avalanche, fresh off of his Hobie Baker win, signed a young little lad named Kale McCarr to join them for a playoff run, and he looked tremendous in the playoffs. So there is a little bit of parallel there. Um, I'll be honest with you, man. I see a bit of a paper tiger with the New York Rangers. I do not think that they're going to go very far in the playoffs. I think that we could easily see them getting bumped out in the second round. Um, I'm not, I'm really happy the Oilers didn't trade for Patrick Kane because I have not liked what I've seen from Patrick Kane so far uh, in his Rangers tenure and Vlad Tarasenko, while he scored some, he scored some big goals. I just, I, I just see something that I see a team that's like the, um, it's kind of like how like the Knicks were a couple of years ago when they were, you know, a few years ago when they signed like Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah. And it's like, this is going to be the, the, this would have been an awesome team in 2012 and it's like 2016. So I just, I just don't know if I see it with this team, but I think that the fact that the Rangers have been to a conference final, they do have a good coach. They have lots of good players on the team. Great goaltender. Great goaltender. I think that's going to be the thing that separates them. But don't get me wrong. I think that this is going to be really close and it would not surprise me at all if the Devils win this. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like I picked Rangers in seven, and, but I disagree with you in the sense that like the Rangers have like a, a potential, um, what'd you say, paper tiger? Yeah, I think they're a bit of a paper tiger. Because I think whoever wins this series is going to the Eastern Conference Final, like Devils and Rangers. I think they're I think they're both pretty nasty, and I think that they get by Carolina uh, in the in the round after no problem. I, I think the Rangers are really good. I think they're really deep. I think they have those like like what you were saying about the Islanders having crafty veterans and guys that know what they can get away with in the playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah, that's that's, fair. that's what you've got. In that's Kane like and what Patrick Kane is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I see them yeah. showing up to play, teaching those younger guys that are good on the Rangers, you know, what they can do and add that veteran presence to help them get over that hump. Um, they're just going to run into Boston and Boston's incredible. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that Eastern conference final goes, but I, I think the Rangers are really good and I'm, I'm, I'm watching out for them for sure. That's fair. Miles, moving over to the Western Conference. Um, Winnipeg Jets versus the Vegas Golden Knights. The Pacific 1 versus the Wild Card 2. Season series was 3-0 for Vegas. The Jets managed to battle their way into the playoffs after an up-and-down year and draw the Western Conference best Vegas Golden Knights in the opening round. It's really funny to imagine going from Vegas to Winnipeg as the series progresses. Just think about that for a second. The Knights are getting stronger with captain and pride of Winnipeg, Mark Stone, rejoining the lineup. Gaber Mark set a career high in goals of the season. Will the Knights get Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? I think that we're going to see the Vegas Golden Knights absolutely mop the floor with the Winnipeg Jets. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be yeah, I think pretty bad. There's going to be there's going to be one Connor Hellebuck game and then the rest of it is going to be Connor Hellebuck going for fuck's sake, Mark, you need to take your man. Get out of the way. I'm getting absolutely shelled right now. Smash cut. So we we both picked the Knights in 5. And I think it's going to smash cut to Connor Hellebuck facing elimination back in Vegas for one night, just binge drinking 
<laughs> at the Cosmopolitan. Yeah, and then we're going to see a Connor Hellebuck trade this summer. Do you think so? I think we're going to see a full-blown Winnipeg fire sale this summer. Finally, hey. Could, we've been saying that for a couple seasons. Yeah, I think the gamer's gone. I think Connor Hellebuck could be gone. I think they're going to try to move Wheeler. I, I doubt they're going to be able to move him, though. And don't get me wrong. It's going to be really funny if they go to like the Western Conference Final and it's all based off of me. Like, And then people can play this clip of me being like, oh, yeah, I think they're done. But <laughs> I just don't think that this team is very good. Um, they are... They are a legit paper tiger. They're like that team that looks really good on paper. Like they've got all the names in there. It's like, oh, you know, we've got we even got like guys that are playing you know, like, you know, depth roles like Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon. It's like, yeah, Brendan Dillon's gonna look great when he's getting blown past by Jack Eichel for fucking fourteen goals in this series. So um yeah. Winnipeg Jets, uh, no bueno. Yeah, and you've got a very, very motivated Vegas Golden Knights team too. Like yeah. good. All yeah. the way around, solid team. Yeah. Um, making it work even with their goaltenders being hurt. Like Laurent Brassois was very good to close out the end of the season. And I don't know if you're his former team. And playing against his former team. So like yeah. Logan Thompson gets hurt. Wah. Jonathan Quick gets acquired. Wah. Laurent Brassois plays incredible. Wah. Like Vegas just is getting lucky i guess i don't know they got that vegas luck making it all work i think vegas is really good and i'm scared of you know to, to, to face them eventually um but yeah knights and five i i just don't think the jets yeah. have it I, this isn't their year yeah and mark stone uh you know definitely just definitely just got back to being healthy he, he definitely has not been healthy for a little bit he he definitely <laughs> just recovered and he's definitely fine um yeah Fuck. yeah they unfroze him from whatever fucking yeah. crypt they had yeah they, yeah they probably called him while he was sitting back watching the game having a couple of fucking beers and they're like hey mark so um you'll be back soon um but we're just gonna we're just gonna wait a couple more weeks and he's like all right sounds good cracks open Rolled. another cold one yeah. barbecue over steak. went back to bed yeah <laughs> uh sorry i got a party at uh at how day club in an hour not gonna be at practice <laughs> uh miles take the next one Absolutely, Nerlin. The Seattle Kraken versus the Colorado Avalanche. That's the Central Division 1 versus the Western Conference 1. So for those of you who might have missed it, Colorado won the Central in the 82nd game of the year. It was 2-1 for the Kraken in the season series, believe it or not. The depleted defending cup champions comfortably made the playoffs this season, but it wasn't without their bumps in the road along the way. Injuries to Nachuskin. Atari Lekkonen, Kale McCarr, Josh Manson, and Gabriel Landeskog missed who missed the whole season and won't be back playing in the playoffs this year due to a knee injury. It is looking like McCarr should be back for game one and the band should be back mostly together. So the question is, how does Seattle's arguably quote unquote better depth hold up against Colorado's superstar power on both ends. And it's not even factoring in Seattle's 30th ranked save percentage. That's what happens when Martin Jones is in the equation. Well, a cute story for Seattle. This should be over quick. Nolan has. Abs in four. Miles has. Abs in five. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, I, I do not. I do not see this going very well. No, I mean, Seattle, you got to give them credit. They had a massive turnaround after last season finishing last, second last. I can't remember. Regardless, 
Um, they they put it together this year and had a great regular season. Awesome for their fan base, and that's basically why I have them winning one at home. I think it's going to be big for their big for their fans at Climate Pledge. They're going to love it. The crackheads are going to be going nuts, but uh, I don't see them going toe to toe with the Abs. The Abs are a mammoth. Do you know who Seattle's second leading scorer was? Uh, or well, their first their first one their first one was pretty obvious. Is Jared McCann? But yeah. Do you, know who you know who their second was? Is it Eberly? Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn. I knew Vince Dunn had a really yeah, good year. 64 points in 81 games. And him and former friend of the show, Adam Larson. Dude, Adam Larson had 33 points this season. Good for him. Yeah, plus 27. God, good I miss for that him, guy. Oh, good my for God. him. Oh, he's so hot. I'm just looking at a picture of him right now. <laughs> God, I miss him so much. Guys um, only want one thing, and it's disgusting. Oh, could you imagine if this team still had Larson and, and uh, Clef Act- on it? Clef too. Imagine, oh imagine Clef Eck Larson, the Swedish House Mafia, bro. Oh God, just so many hot things altogether. <laughs> they wouldn't even speak English; they'd just be speaking <laughs> Swedish on the ice. Connor would be like, "Pass me the puck," and then Larson would just kind of look at him with a little head tilt. <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't get... speak. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> um, okay, so should we save? Should we save? The... Let's finish with the with the boys. With the boys. Okay, so I'll yeah. take the next one. Um, the Minnesota Wild versus the Dallas Stars, the Central two versus three matchup. Oh, you wanted to take this because it's your favorite team. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, the uh, series was a two zero and two for, uh, series, season series for the Stars. Um, now this is a series that may seem closer than it actually is. Um, Minnesota has been just a great example of, of building around obstacles with twelve point seven million dollars in dead cap space on their roster. This team has been able to strategically align themselves in the playoff race, um, largely on the backs of their great defensive system, which is headlined by Jonas Brodin and Spurgeon and Co. Uh, uh, Kirill, uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy, and as well as their goaltending with Marc Andre Fleury and new breakout candidate Philip Gustafson, who, by the way, had a .931 save percentage, pretty wild. Um, so those two are backstopping them, but unfortunately, the firepower of the, of the Dallas Stars will be difficult to keep up with. Dallas is a true blue cup contender this season. Uh, their top line continues to dominate, starting from the dark horse MVP candidate, Jason Robertson, and terrific terrific depth on this team, especially from a, a resurgent season from captain Jamie Benn. They also have a top 10 defenseman in Miro Heiskin, and you could argue he's a top five, top three defenseman, and ace number one goaltender in Jake Ottinger. It'll get tight in a few games, but this feels like Dallas in a walk. Um, I I've got the stars in five, and this isn't a this isn't a slight against Minnesota. This is more of a fact that I believe the Dallas Stars are a are among those elite in the Stanley Cup contender conversation. Oh, I yeah, it it hurts me to say I don't disagree with you. Um, because I've just I'm not a Dallas guy, never have been, never will be. But they are very good. Their team is built solid, and they're getting contributions up and down the lineup. That uh, rookie centerman that they have, I can't remember his name. Wyatt Johnson. Wyatt Johnson is really good. Yeah, could like, be, uh, that's a guy you could see him having a massive break at this uh this playoff. Oh, for sure. So I'm gonna change my pick. I had stars in five. I'm gonna change it to stars in six simply because I want to give um, Minnesota just like one more game of credit. And it's too bad because Minnesota's good. Like they're, they're close. They're knocking on the door. Um, but, you know, last year, I think they ran into the abs in the first round. And now this year they run into the yeah. stars in the first round. It just seems like they're, um, 
you know, a team that's a little bit uh, under under weaponized in a really tough central division. They're, they're having a really hard time getting out of that first round uh, just based on matchups. I will say, though, uh, Stars and Abs in the second round is a series that could go either way. Yeah, really fun. Really it's fun gonna be series. a really good series. Um yeah, so stars in six. Excellent. Um well Miles. Meet the boys. Oh. The Los Angeles Kings versus your Edmonton Oilers. Pacific two versus Pacific three. The season series was two. Two for the second season in a row, the Oilers face off in the first round against the Kings. Last year's series went seven, with both teams making additions and getting healthy this season. The Kings look to their depth and commitment to team defense to compete with the Oilers' firepower. The Oilers beat the Kings twice in the last month of the season and are coming in white hot. But who will take the second installment of this series? Nolan. Quick glance at the numbers. Oilers were 50, 23, and 9 for 109 points. The Kings were 47, 25, and 10 for 104. Special teams, Oilers obviously uh, 32.4% power play, 77% penalty kill. Um, Conversely, uh, we'll go this way, 76% penalty kill for the Kings and a 25% power play. Corpusalo and Skinner. I uh, want to take a guess at what the difference in their save percentage was. Uh, Corpusalo and Stuart Skinner. I think yeah. Corpus. Are we talking Corpusalo on the season in total or just yeah, with the Kings? Season, season in total. Uh, it's, they're probably right around the same, I would say. 0.1 different. 914 for Skinny, 915 for Corpusalo. I just think that that's interesting. In the month of April, the Oilers were 6 0 0, where the Kings were 4 3. That season series 2-2 is a little bit misleading because, again, the Oilers beat them twice in the last you know month or whatever, right? Um, where the Kings, I think, blew them out like 6-3 or something in December or January, early January, um, and then won like 3-1 or something at the beginning of the season. So I don't know. It's a little bit of a fraud series tie. Um, you want to get into predictions? So this... Um... Since since March first, the Oilers have been the best team in the NHL. Uh, they've gone eighteen two and one with thirty seven points on the season. Their underlying metrics all look pretty good. They're right on top ten in just about everything. Uh, then again, so are the Kings. The Kings uh, in their wins, they finished tenth in the NHL uh, points wise. They finished twelfth. So when you factor in all of that time since the NHL trade deadline, these teams have both been on a bit of a both been on a bit of a run when you factor in just the last you know four weeks or so the Oilers have been still the best team in the NHL and the Los Angeles Kings have kind of tailed off this is going to be a very violent series it's going to be a couple of teams that want to tear the other team's head off I think the Edmonton Oilers are coming into this series wanting to really knock on the door and they were really wanting to show we're not fucking around. We don't have time to put up with this shit. They're coming in as full blown professionals and they are going to do whatever they need to, to win this series. I've got the Oilers in six games, but I'm, I'm, I wonder if we can just talk about the series a little bit more after you make your prediction. Yeah. I have the Oilers in five. 
uh, because I, I, for the most part, I agree. Not for the most part. I agree with basically everything you said. I think that these Oilers are highly motivated. They're, like you said, professionals. Like they're coming off the plane for a business trip. Yeah. And they're coming to win hockey games so that they can go to the next round and stop. No discredit to the Kings. Like, I think the Kings are a very good team. Yeah. And I think that they're like, you know, a- any other matchup, I'd be really looking at them, right? Like as a team that could win because they are deep and good and talented. But the Oilers are better, faster, stronger, and they want to move on to the next round. Let's go. And, and you don't want to piss off Connor McDavid in in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs um, no. because he is going to go full psycho mode as he does multiple times. Um, and this is going to be of, this is the, if you want to get into a discussion of like where things could falter for both teams, uh, well, I mean, people are going to immediately point to goaltending and say, well, Stuart Skinner is a rookie this season. But then again, Jonas Corposalo has been a guy that you and I have talked about on this show before as like a trade target, and he's bad. He's been bad for multiple years. Now, is he getting better, and he's finally healthy, and he doesn't have to play in that dog shit Columbus team? Sure, that that's definitely something that, that you could factor in. But let's not look at this as if Jonas Corposalo is like Ilya Sorokin or Connor Hellebuck. Like, we're, this isn't, this is a guy that can be beat, and the Oilers have beat him before. Um, his career numbers against the Oilers do not look great. But my my biggest fear is going into the series and this team believing and the Oilers believing that they can just kind of sleepwalk through the series. I don't think that's going to be the case because I think they kind of learned their lesson from last season. Um, but I worry about guys like Alex Ayafalo, Adrian Kempe. Those are the types of guys that score those big playoff goals. Um, but... I think that this team's depth has finally caught up with their stars and this is the year where it all kind of fits together like a good puzzle piece. I that's good analysis. That's very good analysis. I again just the Oilers like you said are a nationally like discussed Stanley Cup contender. They know what they are in that locker room, they know what they need to do. And that's why I think that they're just going to show up and go to work and do it in five. But um, money puck currently has the Edmonton Oilers as the favorite to win the Stanley cup. Money puck does. Yeah. Interesting. I've seen them as third. Yeah. They currently have them as first because, and the biggest thing is because the only reason why the Bruins, the, they say the, the Bruins have the better team, but the Oilers have the easiest path to the playoffs. Yeah, sorry. Has to have the easiest path to the cup, right? Um, so I guess just extrapolating on that, what's your Stanley Cup final? Oh, for fuck's sakes, we're doing this now. Um, You tell me yours, and I'll just quickly just go over my thoughts here. My brain says Oilers Bruins, which is not very sexy, not very hot take whatsoever. But my heart, Nolan says Oilers Rangers with who winning Oilers in both in both see I had a much different selection up until like maybe a day ago oh, okay do you want to hear what my selection would have been my my cut pick would have actually been like two days ago mm-hmm. I picked the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah i didn't i didn't feel good about it that's so ontario but oh 
Give me. Give me Oilers Islanders. What? Really? <laughs> I don't feel good about it. No, that's gross. <laughs> You're going so back to the 80s. Such an 80s kind of day. <laughs> oh my god. Um, because it was it was almost gonna be Oilers Leafs, which is just the most unbearable thing I could even imagine. My stress levels would be through the roof. <laughs> That would break Canada. Oh, that would I, I, like no joke. I would be a fucking nervous wreck. But um, yeah, every year there's always that there's that Cinderella team, and I just I wouldn't be surprised if the New York Islanders, on the back of Ilya Sorokin, make this thing happen. So trust the hot hand i guess hey it's getting you know what man we are in for a very very entertaining first round the way that these teams are all of these teams are playing like we were talking about at the top of the show with the firepower that there is in the nhl and the skill that some of these young guys have it's gonna be fun to watch mm-hmm. it's gonna be really, really good. looking forward to it yeah but I, we're really looking forward to that oilers series <laughs> that's that's let's not get lost in the sauce oh. here I cannot believe I just picked the Islanders to represent the East. <laughs> I'm what they call an idiot. You're going to either look like the smartest guy alive or Could just a imagine? jabroni. Could you imagine if I just nail this prediction? And I will say, though, if the if the Oilers and the Oilers are like the, the, the Islanders are like the perfect team to play the Oilers because they always play the Oilers really hard. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't uh, surprise me. Back to business, Nolan. First game of the series is tomorrow, Monday, April 17th, and that is followed up by Wednesday, April 19th. Then the series will shift on the 21st to LA, and then I guess they would play on the 23rd again. And then the rest of the games are TBD. Um, what are you going to wear? What's your jersey for uh, for for first game of the playoffs? You got I some don't... lucky threads. I actually haven't worn a jersey since the beginning of the season. Ooh. I might not wear a jersey. Okay, well, you know what? If it then don't. If it's yeah. if it's work, don't do it. I'm gonna trim my beard. I'm not gonna shave my. I'm not gonna shave my face again into a mustache because last year I sh- I trimmed my beard and they went to the conference final. So I'm gonna keep that. Um, but yeah, I'm. I I don't think I'm gonna wear a jersey. If if in fact the Oilers do go down the series, I will probably throw on my jersey. Um, I will probably just throw on. Eh, Break glass in case of emergency is usually my hall jersey, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see how the how the tides turn. Yeah, I'm gonna wear my uh, reverse retro from last year, dry settle the white oh, reverse God, retro. So hot, such Start a hot off, jersey. Started off crisp and clean. Yeah, Nolan for the playoffs. You might not like it, but there will be no rock star of the week for the playoffs, um, because just like the Oilers going into business, so are we. <laughs> It's business time. No more funny stuff. No more jokes. We're, we're going into uh, LeBron zero dark zero dark twenty three. <laughs> exactly. I'm deleting Instagram for the playoffs. I'm just focused, <laughs> watching the Oilers, watching and selling the Oilers. farm equipment. Yeah, dude. There's so much and playoff basketballs on right now too. It's so good. Just, yeah, just, dude. It, we're thriving. Sports is thriving right now. Sports boys are happy. I've never been happier. Yeah. Owen, anything else you want to say, or should we wrap this bad girl up? I think we should just wrap her up. Um, Playoff preview, one for one. Thank you for joining us. Certainly some hot takes. Certainly some hot listeners. And a very 
Happy go Oilers go. Let's go. Go Oilers go.